Yesterday, we were making light of the fact that we would love to take our dog's waste, pop it into a uh, some sort of converter, like a generator, and make energy after finding out about this story where they're going to use zoo poop to create energy. Here to talk about it, Daniel Bida is executive director of Zoo Share Biogas and Cooperative. Welcome to the program. Good to have you on. Thank you, Kelly. It's good to be here. We are thrilled by the fact that you are going to make energy from poo. Uh, maybe you can get down to the nitty-gritty of how that's going to actually happen and where it'll happen. Uh, sure, I'd love to. So it's going to be happening at the Toronto Zoo. Uh, and you know, one of the first things that I want to point out is that most of the energy that we're making is not actually coming from the zoo. It's coming from commercial food waste from grocery stores and food processors and the like. And, and that's really where most of the impact of what we're doing is, is coming by diverting those organics away from landfill to put them into a biogas plant so that we can make energy from this resource that we all consider to be waste. How much uh, uh, grocery waste are you getting that you're turning into energy? Can you give us an idea? It's uh, 15,000 tons per year. Wow. And when did you start this or are you just starting this? No, no. So the, the project has actually been in, uh, well, in development since about mid-2011. Okay. So it's been quite a long journey. And uh, ultimately, the, the primary reason why we're in the news more recently is because we've received a grant from the federal government to help us complete the first phase of the project but also to start planning for an expansion. Okay, so the first phase of the project, is that going to be the biogas plant set to open this May? It's not going to be opening this May. I think that may be some old information uh, that, that I may have on my website to update. Um, so we were a little bit delayed, but we're going to be building the facility this year. So half of it is built already, and the rest of construction is going to be finished this upcoming season. And then we're thinking at the current time that we'll start being a commercial entity in the spring of 2020. Okay. So uh, was it hard to get grocery stores online, or were they looking for somewhere to uh, send their waste so that, you know, because there's been a lot of focus on the waste and food waste in particular from our grocery stores and how much money is lost. And, you know, I'm sure that they wanted to do this to, to look good and, you know, to make sure that they weren't contributing to more waste and they were actually doing something good. How long did it take you to get them on board? Um, well, I just maybe to back up a second. So, so the grocery industry absolutely has been increasingly focused on food waste as an issue. And, you know, one of the things that I've been heartened to see over the years is that they're putting more focus firstly on food rescue, where good edible food could go to people who could eat it far before it should go to an anaerobic digester to make energy. Okay. But once, once it is waste and, you know, certain times in the, uh, the grocery value chain, you end up with big batches of food that that go bad all at once, uh, which is unfortunate, but it's just sort of how our system is set up. And so now that that uh, that food could go to uh, a biogas plant, or I should call it waste, maybe uh, it could go to a biogas plant. And, um, you know, it, it was hard, but it wasn't hard. I mean, you're absolutely right. The grocery stores, they want to do what's right and they want to make sure that they're not contributing to the problem. But at the same time, they have contracts with waste management companies and gr the grocery industry is extremely cost competitive. And so, you know, sometimes they can't do, you know, what's necessarily quote unquote quote, good, just because they, they got to make sure that they're doing things that are within, I don't know, economic feasibility.
visibility. And so, you know, it wasn't really a hard sell. It was just more about the challenge of coordinating with the waste management industry and ensuring that they, they weren't necessarily paying more than they would if it went to another biogas plant or, you know, another alternative uh, sustainable processing solution. The um, biogas digester will um, reduce the amount of things going into landfills and reduce greenhouse gas emissions by the equivalent of 10,000 tons of carbon dioxide each year. Tell us, if you can, in the simplest of terms, for those of us who aren't well versed in the area of biogas digesters, what exactly happens when you take the food or the poop and you put it in the digester? Yeah, so the easiest way to think about it is that it's like a big concrete stomach, and it works the same way that our bodies work. And so diverting this organic waste away from a landfill means that that waste is not going to decompose in the landfill where it would release the methane gas that we're capturing at the biogas plant into the atmosphere. And so by diverting it away from the landfill, that's really where most of the greenhouse gas emission reductions are happening by putting it somewhere else where you could capture the gas. Okay, so I I know that our stomach works. Sorry, it turns things into energy that, you know, goes to the cells. But we also are producing a waste product. Is there any waste product produced? The great thing about the biogas process is that the quote-unquote waste product is fertilizer. And so what I really like about the whole process is that it's, it's very holistic in that we're diverting the waste away from a landfill, we're creating energy out of it, and then what's left over at the end could be used to grow more food and, and keep the whole cycle going. Could we not do something on a small scale for our own houses so we have like a green bin kind of situation where it's a biodigester? There are technologies that are becoming available uh, called, uh, there's one that I know of that's called home biogas, just Mm. to plug another product. But basically the challenge with having a product like that in our environment here in Canada is the winter time. And so if you're just thinking about my analogy of it being a big concrete stomach and it's like our bodies, you have to keep it at at least 38 degrees Celsius all year round. It's going to cost money and energy. Right. And so in our case, you know, we're making enough gas that when we make the electricity out of the gas, there is waste heat from that process that keeps the digester at 38 degrees in the middle of the winter. Whereas if you're doing this at home and, you know, maybe you're using some of the gas for cooking or for heating purposes, you're also going to have to use some of your heating fuel to keep your digester warm. And so it's, it's much more difficult to do it on a home scale in mm. a cold environment like ours. Let's talk about poop from the zoo. What kind of poop are you looking for from the zoo? Any kind of poop will do. I know that sounds crass, but that's what you're doing. You're taking animal uh, waste and you're putting it into the biogas um, digester. Yeah, that's right. And and I mean, we're not discerning about, uh, you know, one animal or another. Um, you know, a lot of what we're doing in terms of why we're doing this plan at the zoo is it's to, to help the zoo solve its manure problem. And what have so, they been doing up till now? Do you know? Well, they've been composting it, which isn't necessarily bad by any means. It's just they're not making energy out of it. They're putting it into piles. They turn those piles over. And after about a year's time, it's more or less suitable to put on uh, flower beds around the zoo uh, for for gardening purposes. Um, And so we're taking over the site where they were composting. And so from the zoo's perspective, they don't need to change their behavior at all nor do the animals. They can just keep doing what they've always done and bringing the manure to the same site they've always brought it to, except now rather than dumping it on the ground and putting it in a row, they're going to dump it into a receptacle 
uh, where it's going to eventually get mixed together with the food waste and digested into biogas. Do you know how much uh, poop you're looking at uh, composting for them or changing for them? Yeah, it's something in the neighborhood of 2,000 tons per year. Wow. That's a big pile. (laughs) That's a big pile. It's great. I love this story, Daniel. Thank you so much for joining us, and I wish you the best of luck. Keep us abreast of what's going on, because it's a really interesting story. Absolutely. Uh, Anybody that's interested, go to zooshare.ca. You can sign up for our newsletter there. And uh, thank you very much for the opportunity, Kelly. I appreciate it. We appreciate you doing some good work. Thanks, Daniel. Daniel Bida, Executive Director of Zoo Share Biogas Cooperative.